I know I tend to talk about how I got a fortune on me But with that comes the politics the city been forcing on me Man, I can't even RIP and show my remorse to the homie No, I carry the guilt of the city's misfortunes on me I even got the cleaning staff plotting extortion on me My parents' divorces on me My therapist's voice is making the choices for me And I always censor myself Cause no matter what they reporting on me The pressure is weighing on me Career's going great But now the rest of me's fading slowly My soulmate somewhere out in the world Just waiting on me My chef got the recipe for disaster Baking slowly My heart feel vacant and lonely But still I'm making the most of this shit and more Every single move is like rolling dice on a board Seen too many brothers get 25 from the boys I'd rather see all of them get 25 from the Lord And if the last negotiation made you pay me 25 Well, this is the perfect time to give me 25 more I'm bigger now than before Co-parent of the year, we figured out a rapport No fair what Drizzy made on the second leg of the tour How can anybody tell you the truth when they misinformed? How the niggas turning up what you turn you in for rewards? How the f*** do we manage to win everything but awards? Windows of opportunity, let me go through the doors This the part where I don't ever say pardon me anymore This the part where I'ma find a new part of me to explore This the part where all my partners know what we in it for This the part where we gon' throw us a party after the war And if the last negotiation had you feeling out of pocket Well, this is the perfect time that I empty them shits for sure You owe that shit to the boy Yeah Yeah. You know, they say every time Drake starts off a song by breathing and says, yeah, he's about to go in. So I actually wanted to do that on this podcast to show you that we're about to go in. Happy post Labor Day. I don't think that's the thing, but we're going to rock with it anyway. At any rate, I couldn't think of a better podcast after Labor Day than to pour into the latest birth product from pop music's biggest artist. Now, let's assume that his album cover art is both a double entendre of labor and birth and how he's stunning people in the rap industry. He's not wrong on that front anyway, but we'll get into that in a moment. Now, am I really going to do a whole podcast audio think piece on pop music's most shallow artist? Absolutely. Now, contrary to what you may think, this is not going to be a podcast hit piece on Toronto's favorite son. Spoiler alert. I actually think the, the album works for what it's intended. Vibes and escapism. Drake is the established social media Don. And this is, just like all his other albums, is the quintessential social media album. Now, what does that even mean, Kamara? Well, before we do a deep dive into that, I actually want to relay part of a conversation I had this week with someone. During this conversation, the subject of my marriage came up. The person on the other end of the phone stating, I absolutely love you and Ivory's marriage. I particularly loved how you celebrated her on her birthday and how you loved her and how she loved you and how you guys both looked and how everything just looked and everything was so wonderful. Actually, I took that comment in and I just reflected. This month marking our 10 years of being married. Shout out to that. Then I replied, how are you so sure that we're happy? Is it based on the pictures and the posts that I make? Are you not aware that everything I show you about my life is curated with the intention of showing you not only what I want you to see, but how I want you to interpret my life? As much as I may post about my family, my wife, my kids, my life, I can assure you that is only in scintilla of what my life is really like. 
Now, I'm not saying that my life is not great or that my wife is not happy. She better be after that birthday. But what you won't see is the disagreements, the frustrations, the displeasures, and the insecurities that are associated with my life, my wife, my kids, my work, and just everything in general in my world. Because quite frankly, the outside world is not owed that. However, social media has done an incredible job of giving people a false sense of life, self, and other people's well-being. The sheen veneer of social media removes the nuanced view of life that we often live and how we interpret that life and, you know, what we very seldom speak about, truthfully. The fake vulnerability encapsulates the entirety of what social media is. And this is also the reason why reality TV is such a big business. Fake reality is now the paradigm of how we see truth of the world and how we interpret that truth. And that is where we find Drake. The person, when he stormed on the scene in late 2000s, eventually dropping the So Far Gone mixtape in 2009, reintroduces the world to a form of emo rap, emotional rap, for those who are uninitiated, sparking a generation of rappers and truthfully everyday people who like to wear their heart on their sleeve. He was ahead of his time and incredibly refreshing as an artist. What's happened since then is a series of albums where he stayed in the pocket that he operates so effectively. Now, his success has only grown, and it makes sense. As our consumption of social media and escapism is only large, so too should pop music's most reliable hitmaker in that form. His songs play so eloquently on social media's captions that he openly creates songs that are either designed to go viral or to be danced on TikTok. The energy of his songs are unmatched, period. But just like any viral sensation, as quickly as they come, so quickly do they go away. Some of them. Not designed for anything substantive or lasting. As groundbreaking as he was 13 years ago, it is Drake's unwillingness to grow musically or take risks that continues to be the most confounding thing in his career. His albums are safe, easily digestible, and operate in a formula that, while successful, does not give much room for growth. Now, you could literally take this last album... And drop it in 2015, 17, 18, 19, and you wouldn't miss a beat. There's nothing distinguishable to say this is a 2021 album outside of the calendar date and the collapse. A friend of mine commented that we don't want a woke Drake. And I get it. I actually agree. I don't want a person who's not equipped to speak on the pertinent issues surrounding the world. Where's Ja Rule? Find me Ja Rule. Shout out to Dave Chappelle. I don't want this person to tell me his or her thoughts on Afghanistan, Texas abortion law, social justice, vaccines, or global warming if they're not prepared to do it. But there is a fine line between being CNN and being musically authentic. Now, as being Kamara, I have surmised that there are two type of Drake fans. Those who love what he does, recognizes his talent, his influence, and therefore realizes he can actually do more and therefore get frustrated when he doesn't do more. In our minds... Growth and willingness to push themselves and actually the music they do into new places is the hallmark of greatness in our eyes. Then there are other Drake fans who, those who love what he does and want him to do the same thing over and over again because it works and they don't have to worry about the product because the product is always the same and consistency in their minds is the hallmark of greatness in their eyes. Neither point is wrong, but there are points, to, there are points nonetheless. But anyway, before we discuss all that in today's episode, 
Uh, again, welcome to the Uncultural Bias Podcast. I'm your host, Kamara Williams. On the show, we say that culture is a matter of perspective and opinion. And after all, culture is just another way to say discovered. We are uncultural. We are biased. We're black. Shout out to Lyndon Carter, who always reminds me that I have to continue to um, make that the center of the show or remind people. If you're tuning in for the first time, please continue to subscribe to the podcast on Uncultural Bias. Um, if you are on Apple, rate the episode. Um, that's how we continue to rise in algorithms, and that's how Apple grades it. Um, if you're listening on either Apple or Spotify, please share your um, this with your friends and family. Um, and finally, I just ask that you post it on social media whenever you listen and just say, hey, this is a dope podcast. Text it to your friends, whatnot. We just want to make sure that um, people are engaged and knowing what we're doing. Remember, sharing is caring. I want to give a shout out to our weekly sponsors. Um, if you are interested in starting a business and need to know the difference between an LLC, S-Corp, or understand the tax consequences, then contact Compass Tax Advisors. Uh, they have a course that gives you the ins and outs of forming a business and tax strategy tips. You can schedule a consultation or with them online or call them at 850-273-7193 um, or mycompasstax.com. If you are in the market for real estate um, in Central Florida specifically, um, contact, Key, contact Keystone Global Real Estate. You can reach them at 407-680-8510 or www.keystoneglobalrealestate.com. And of course, if you're in the market for probate, real estate, guardianship, um, estate planning, or just uh, contracts, you can reach my law firm at Smith & Williams Trial Group, uh, C. Williams at SWTG Law, or 888-SWTGLaw.com, 888-798-4529. All right, brilliant. So I'm actually going to bring in some... Um, special guest on this podcast and these guests are want to do something different um, because I often have men on the podcast talking about hip hop and I wanted to actually incorporate women in this particular space because women consume it just as much as men and I particularly think that Drake you know you know for better for worse I think that women black women particularly are his target audience and I couldn't think of a better podcast than having black women speak on the biggest artist in the world. Um, I'm going to start off by introducing Danielle Mitchell, my friend. Um, she's an international marketing strategist, and you can find her on Average Black Girl. What up, Danielle? Hi, I'm so happy to be here. And yes, Drake is for the ladies. He is for the <laughs> ladies. All right. And then I'm uh, now I'm going to introduce my other friend, my girl, Chrissy. Uh, we text, we talk about hip hop. Um, she's a former hip hop journalist um, and content creator, and she is very vocal on this music. And I, when I tell you this woman loves hip hop and loves the culture, uh, she probably loves it more than me, which is impossible. But um, say what up, Chris? Hey, y'all. I don't know about impossible now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me, though. <laughs> nah, man. This is going to be a dope pod, man. And um, I know I said a lot in my opening. Um, first of all, let's just start off with it. I just. Uh, where do y'all rate? I'm starting with you, Daniel. Where do you where do you rate the uh, the album, or do you love the album? Let's start with that. Do you like it or love it? Or I don't really know what and these these women are going to say about the album. By the way, folks, so <laughs> I like the album. I'm one of those people where I get that for the artistry we want to see growth, but I, I look at some of our I guess best um, artists or even actors, and they are imprinted for a particular role and are known for that right we can talk about um cliff huxtable and how doesn't matter what he does outside of in personal right there's people that only want to see him in that role and 
I lost you. And they have imprinted, and they weren't expected to grow. Hold you on. weren't expected pa- to. Pa- pause. Okay. I lost you for a quick 10, 20 okay. seconds. So I got you after Cliff Huxtable. Okay. Yeah. And so, so. We can talk about that, like the Cosby, right? That that one TV show lasted for years, and they weren't expected to go through a lot of growth. Um, you know, there wasn't uh, a lot of character changes that went through Cliff or Claire, right? And people love them to this day for just staying in that that one role, that loving family, that power woman that also loves her husband, that husband that adores his wife that also has a successful, you know, practice. Like there's there's just so many things that didn't change and people loved it for it. And I think for Drake, he understands like, this is my niche. This is my target. This is who I'm talking to. And yeah, I could push myself, but I could also give them what I know that they'll like. And, you know, it'll be a success. Mm -hmm. And so it just depends on, do I want to try my hard? And I guess that that just comes down to, do I want to sell and go the easier route, (laughs) the route that's already prepared and planned and I know what to do, or do I want to change and push myself and that may have some more growth or or be a little bit more difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, But regardless, I was listening to it while I was cleaning and I loved it. And um, it'll be something that I need to listen to over and over again to really, um, kind of figure out what my favorites are, but I think that's like any type of album. And then now Twitter's going crazy because the leaked album, some of the best songs, you know, people are arguing weren't on the the real album. And now you have people arguing about the leaked album versus the real album. And that's even more buzz and even more success. And I think that overall this this weekend was a success for him. And we can discuss a little bit more about how could it have been better or not? But mm-hmm. I think it was great. And then I also saw he went back to traditional marketing. He went back to using billboards. Right. And that's something that we haven't really seen in lately. But just knowing that traditional marketing still works, those buzz still work. Yeah. Them listing who was a part of the album and dripping, that is that I was successful. That had everybody buzzing. So, I saw even billboards that made it in Lagos when Tim's was on the album. So right. There's just so many things that it spread that I didn't even think about that yeah. I look at working as an international marketing strategist and in traditional marketing, like, wow, okay, people can do that. You mm-hmm. have the difference. You have the Kanye's album listening parties, and then you have traditional billboards, and they both were a success. So I want to eventually I want to get into that and in marketing and the rollout because I think those are that's an important subject. But um, Chrissy, I just want to give you your piece. Like, what did you think about the album and just you know, the consumption. I don't know. I'm assuming, I think you liked it from based on your social media, but I, I couldn't tell, but go ahead. Um, well, you know, Drake can do no wrong to me. There it is. <laughs> like Drake, in my opinion, like Drake just wins. I've, I've said that a hundred times. Drake wins. Like he just, you know, part of me feels like um, he doesn't evolve lyrically. I will say that. Um I think that it, the content is usually the same. You can go back to any of his past albums and um, his content is usually the same. I'm number one, you know, I don't, I don't know what kind of podcast this is. Like if I got to keep it clean. No, you go, go ahead and uh, go, it's okay. not, it's, go, you can go ahead and curse. 
um, but you know, like he, you know, niggas can do no wrong. Like that, right. you know, at the end of the day, he he just feels like he is um number one. And he's right, you know, like I, I believe he was uh what was he, Billboard's man of the year or something like that. Probably I think and, even um, like Billboard Man like decade, I thought. Man of the century, yeah. man of the decade, yeah. something like that. Like he, you know, but it is what it is. Like um right. his, his musically, like he picks the right producers. He picks the right features. He has the right uh, hits that are released. And then he gives something for the hip hop heads on every single album as well. So in my opinion, um, I think it's a real good album. I probably would rate it like a good, um, I don't want to rate it too high, but I, I, I would rate it like a good seven and a half, eight out of 10. Um, I definitely thought um, my favorite Drake albums were uh, Take Care. Yeah. And uh nothing was the same so yeah i i personally think that those albums were you know were better than this album um but yeah i think he addressed a lot on this album too it's, it's a lot it's a lot of addressing on this album as well um as, you know as far as the whole long family kanye beef and everything so, we we'll get into that yeah. yeah 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 but i think i think it was a great album i loved it to be honest with you i'm on it it was it's like my third um, on my way back, I, I went out to Palm Coast and came back, and that was probably my fourth listen. I was got halfway through the album again, way through the album again, and each time I pick something up. But um, yeah, and, and I, I love it. I think it's a great album. Um, I think it's Drake. You know, Drake. Drake is gonna give us Drake. Right. You know. Yeah. You know, it's it's. And then, uh, oh, sorry. Sorry. Let's go ahead, Danielle. Well, I was gonna say, and then I think that for people that want him to like be pushed and like go through all this growth. I think that as an adult, right, you do go through a lot of growth in like teenager, adolescence. And then when you're like in your early 20s, when you're either going to college or figuring out what you're going to do. But once you're in like your late 20s slash early 30s, sometimes depending on where you're at, it's not a lot of growth. It's just sort of maintaining. Like if you already have like money management skills and like you're good with money if you already have like your career popping if you already have these things then it's kind of like you're just going through not the motions but you're doing with the same stuff you're dealing with dating or you know trying to get a new deal or having a new contract like those things are things that you're going to do day in and day out and maybe he's not going through so much versus some other artists you can see that wow you've gone through a lot you've really grown like for him maybe we'll see more growth later but what he's doing, he I don't really see anything different. I don't really see he's gone through anything. Like his both his parents are still alive. Like, yes, he had, you know, that growth with having his first child. But other than that, I, he's pretty much been doing what he's always done. And it's it's kind of been great. Like he's kind of been on it and it's and it's been it. Like even for the Jay-Z album, right? He addressed what he was going through in private. But if you don't have those things to address, then maybe you don't have those things that people are looking for, the growth, and then you're just going to get that same thing. Um, I know I identify with that. I don't really have a lot of big things that are happening. Yes, every day we're moving the needle and I have these goals that I'm striving to, but there's not been a lot of highs or lows um, as of recently. And it's because I set myself up in my late 20s early 20s to have that so it's, the only pushback i have on that one is that i while i do agree you may not have seminal moments not everybody has the same seminal moments but we all have growth moments in our lives per, uh, personally and um you know i don't think you have to have a child or just be married in order to show the growth moments but i know personally when you and i have spoken privately daniel like you've had moments privately regarding 
just, you know, business. You know what I mean? And those things are growth moments. Now, they may not be traditional moments where you, you place them on the album, but I say everybody has those. And for me to think that somebody at 21 and at 35 didn't have growth moments, then I don't know. I can't get, let them off the hook. And particularly, I just think artists in general, you should, for me personally, I just think it's important to see musical, sometimes take musical risk. I'm a Kendrick guy. I love Kendrick Lamar. Um, and there's a reason why I love Kendrick Lamar, because it was his second album, not his second studio, second major studio album, not the second one, because the second one's actually Section 80. But if we're talking about mainstream album, um, you know, To Pimp a Butterfly, that album to me was when he was like, he crystallized himself to be like, oh, that's King Kendrick. Because he went such in a different space um, than Good Kid, Mad City, and even different than Section 80, right? And so, you know, I th- I was like, I was amazed that he w- he took tonal, he took a different tonal dis- uh, direction, different musicality was different. Um, the way he just structured his album was different, and I was like, that's what you that's what you want to see. Like that's greatness to me. I'm like this guy, and he he wanted he was not afraid to alienate fans. He was not afraid because I know some friends who who did not like that album. They're like, I wanted Good Kick and Mad City. And he went ahead and decided to do um, and decided to do uh, this particular uh, 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 aspect of an album. And I thought that's even great because if, if you're not af- you're not afraid to take the necessary risk. I think Beyonce is a great example of that as well. Right. Because although people might say B-Day is her is her best album, I think Lemonade is her best album because she actually chose to go in a different direction and not um, resonate in pop. Christy, I see you you got uh, you shaking your head. And what are you? Yeah, thoughts? I mean, I think um, so. I, w- I will say that I do think that I start off by saying that I feel like he addressed some things. I do see a little bit of growth. I think that what we're talking about is two different things, too. Right. Mm. I think that musically we want him to grow. Like, I know that. On this album, it seems like he um, he collaborated with maybe like a Afrobeat uh, type of artist, um, and and I can see where he was trying to go in a different direction. But for me, I think some of the growth for Drake was not with um, artistically with like the the sound that he should change. It was more so with some of the content that he said. Like one of the things that I heard that he pointed out was that he was co-parent of the year. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I could see like things are happening in his life. We heard on his last album or in his in, you know, in, in probably about a year or two ago, he was having issues with the child, you know, his child's mother. Yeah. So it seems like to me, like he's now graduated to co-parenting with this woman, right? And he talks a lot about his son on this on this record. So I do see a little bit of growth in his content musically i'm not seeing any growth from uh drake i'm not seeing that he's really venturing out uh working with more world artists and he's he's not trying a different sound um right. he's not trying to go into different genres he's he's very much cookie cutter keeping it pop slash hip-hop you know what i'm saying right it, it's kind of the same sound and i think in your introduction you hit the nail on the head when you said that you could drop this album in 2015 you could drop it in 2018 you could drop it in 2009 you know what i'm saying and a lot of it's going to be the same because it just works for him yeah um i would like to see him evolve musically 
uh, and maybe like tap into some other genres, maybe some other up and coming producers, uh, a different sound. But um, I don't think I don't necessarily agree that he hasn't evolved. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like he, right. he he's not growing. I think he is with as a man, he's growing with some things, but yeah. the, the sound is not growing in my opinion. Right. And there is greatness, though, in consistency. I just want to say that um, going into, you know, we always uh, fuse hip hop and basketball and hoop. So um, I remember there was a quote uh, Gary Payton once said, he said that he t- was talking to a young player and he was telling the young player, like, you know, you got to uh, average 20 and 10. And I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to average 20. I want to average like, you know, 30 and five. And he's like, yo, and he said, young fella, if you can average 20 and 10 for 10 years, in the league, mm-hmm. you're a Hall of Famer. He said, you know how hard it is to average 20 and 10 every night, 82 games for 10 years? That is, that is greatness to always, you know what you're going to get when your team and your coach and your fans know what you're going to get from you every single night. That is hard to do. And that's the reason why not everybody can do it. You mm-hmm. know, and, you know, when he, it was like a couple years I heard that quote. And when I heard that, I was like, that, I, I had this moment like, yeah, there is greatness in just being consistent. You know, mm-hmm. now true enough, sometimes people are like, yeah, I want this dude to be great. You know, I want this guy to like always like, it's like the LeBron thing. And I think it's interesting because I think LeBron's the perfect millennial athlete, right? Because mm-hmm. LeBron is a guy who he always gets a lot of shit because we're like, oh, we want him to do X, Y, and Z. And I had to come to a place like, you know, he's a goat in his own space because of what he brings. Now, true mm-hmm. enough, we want him to, people want him to be Kobe. We want him to be like Michael, you know? But what is that like? Because we see what he, we see physicality. His physicality has nothing, we've never seen anything like him. Physicality. Yeah. And we don't know if he's ever, ever going to see anything like him again. So we, we imprint our expectations on him of what we expect him to do. And then it's almost like, well, you can't appreciate what he's done. And, every, and he's been doing for 16 years now in the league, 17 years. That's phenomenal. That's for even the fact that he, he you know went to like ten straight finals. That's phenomenal. You know, there's there's goatness in be, being consistent. And pair going uh, paradoxically to um, Drake, it, we kind of he suffers from the same thing. We we've never seen anything like him before. Musicality is like his musicality is unbelievable. His penmanship is unbelievable, and for to do it for 10, 15 years consistently it's unparalleled and so what like what happens if we like start looking at him now we start grading him from the but damn can you do something else like what can you like we we, you got the body of like lebron like we've never seen you anybody do anything like yo can you yo yo can you do a turnaround can you work on your post-up game like that's kind of what we're trying to put on and drake is that fair i don't know i don't know and I'm, i'm talking about to myself i don't know if that i can I'm just recognize, recognizing, I don't know if that's fair to him, you know, but I'm just being, I'm being completely honest here. What are y'all thoughts? I, it in, though. I, I definitely think he has it in him. I think that um, he's just trying to play it safe all the time. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Drake drops another album though, because it seems like this one, he just really wanted to address a lot of the past beats and things like that and, and get some things off his chest. I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he dropped another album on this, maybe in a year uh, or less and, you know, really try to venture out because he's, I think he's going to get this feedback. I think a lot of people are feeling the same way about Drake at this point. Um, like what else can you do? You know? And yeah. if, if 
I know Drake the way I think I know him as a fan. I think that he's going to accept that challenge. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so I, I, I like I'm interested to see how he moves forward with his music content. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I want to actually ask you guys a question about Drake's relationship with fans in particular, uh, women. I think women, he really identifies women. In fact, he is so singular with how women operate that um, I'm going to go ahead and play a clip that I think perfectly encapsulates Drake and women. I'm a Scotto, but some shit Drake would like. <laughs> Why are you saying I like Drake? Every black girl that went to college likes Drake. He just really gets us. I'm going to get my hair done, nails done, everything done. If you're reading this, it's your birthday. We're going to sip champagne like... Like class possession, right? Right? Very important and very pretentious. Oh, very important and very pretentious. I love this one. And I can watch you do work while I sit back. Mm Want to watch you do work while I sit back. You ever work with Drake? Nah, but I'm uh, I'm producing a track real soon for Ty Dolla Sign. You working with Ty Dolla Sign? So not Drake. How's it on me? Now you're trying to make me feel away on purpose, huh? Yeah, and now you're trying to make me feel away on purpose. I'm just I'm searching for these words to say to you right now. I'm searching for these words to say to you. Really? I think I like who I'm becoming. Really, I think I like who I'm becoming. I want y'all on your worst behavior. I'm on my worst behavior. Oh, she said be on your worst behavior. I'm on mine. I love it. Turn my birthday into a lifestyle. Turn my birthday into a lifestyle. I know that was extended, but I really wanted y'all to hear. <laughs> it's fascinating until you do that breakdown. Like Insecure and then Drake have a symbiotic relationship. That it's, um, I think they, the same way we've, you know, Insecure really gets black culture and understands it. And it's remarkable to watch on TV. Um, I think the same way Drake has a symbiotic relationship with black culture and in particular, to black women and um like you guys want to speak on that yeah i think that um i think that drake also understands relationship woes because a lot of his a lot of his music touches on the toxicity sometimes yeah in relationships um and you know like my favorite i think my favorite line has always been why you gotta fight with me and cheesecake you know i love to go there (laughs) and i was like envision like this black couple like or this couple in cheesecake just you know going through it right right um i think that drake um i think a lot of his influence comes from his mom for sure um because he talks about his mom a lot in uh his his music um and if you just even go back to like even like his 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 first mixtape, like he's always talking about how his mom will call him and you know in different verses like uh, let him let her let him know if she approves of his verses and things like that. Um, I think that again, Drake is a marketing genius. Like he he understands that women there's there's far and few in between so many rap artists 
that women and this is difficult to say because I'm a woman who loves hip hop music, but you know, women, we love, a lot of us are true hip hop heads, but we just, we just want to bop. You know what I'm saying? Like, we yeah. just want to bop. And I think that Drake just understands it. And he's a marketing genius when it comes to that. Um, I think that he probably either pulls on his relationships or past relationships or other people's relationships or just, you know, experiences to be able to put that in his music so that it's relatable to a lot of women. Um, and, and fancy is a great example of that, right? Yeah. What woman was in love getting her hair done, her nails done, everything did. going out looking good, everything good, right? Yeah. What woman wouldn't love yeah. something like that? And I honestly feel like that was one of the starts, um, you know, including, um, best I ever had, like that was one of his starts of him realizing like, this is my lane yeah. to be able to cater to women, you know? Yeah. 20 and 10. Go ahead. Keep, go ahead and, um, speak on that, Danielle. Like, what are your thoughts? Yeah, about? I was trying to find the Instagram post. I should have screenshotted it, but it was one of the therapists that I follow. And she posted this morning. She was like, let's try not to overly identify with the new Drake album. If you've been focusing on having healthy relationships, like, don't let this stop you. Right. So <laughs> the fact that even therapists know and had to like, like woke up this morning, like, let me talk to my audience, my female driven audience and let them know it's okay to not overly identify anymore on what may have been a toxic relationship or some relationship woes, if that's not what you want in 2021. And so for them to even have to post that, that just lets you know how close we identify or what he's talking to. And again, that might just be the writers that he has in his room. That may be the family members that he pulls on to get life advice again that might be him right. i see drake as like a consistent either relationship situationship but that, that's like his his type of lane and we've seen it with him confessing his love to rihanna and getting secondhand embarrassment for the rejection <laughs> right. to like right. all types of stuff right he's not above the relationship woes and highs that come in black culture or just people dating in general, just millennials dating in general. Yeah. I, I was, I, I find that his um, relationship in particular to black women really, really fascinating um, because even on his last album, he, I, I'm glad you mentioned it. He, he gives a, a description, like it's a highlight of toxic masculinity. Right. So we all understand like that lane that drug break resides in, you know what I mean? I made a, a social media post prior to the album dropping, like, you know, Drake will have you texting all your exes and telling you're sorry, or in the same t same song or same album, be like, you text your exes, like, I'm the best you ever had. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'll, you know, I'm sorry that your life ain't turned out so great, but I'm the it's best. The arrogance for yeah. Me. <laughs> yeah. It's the arrogance for me. Right. So like, it's like, he'll, he'll have you in two opposite sides of the spectrum dealing with the same woman. Right. And so, um, there is a, there's a, 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 a funny, uh, uh, a symbiotic thing that I can never, I, I don't know how to describe it, um, but it's there. And black women, I would say are his biggest audience. Um, and it's smart because black women will, they can market you free marketing. They will push your content and you know, they will, they will um, actually make your shit cool. You know what I mean? They will make your shit a vibe. This is called yeah. what it is. Black women make your shit a vibe. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's actually that is a t-shirt. Black women make your shit a vibe. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um and so like I, I really 
I, I, I think there's something that he picked up on that a lot of artists, they kind of knew, but they were afraid to like park their car in that lane. You know what I mean? Let's just say like DMX. One of the, the biggest thing about DMX was his, he had such a loyal female following like men, hard, hard neck men loved him. And that's what, that was the appeal. But DMX blew because women love DMX. You know, that was, and they pushed, they really, he, they pushed him as a, as a sex symbol. They pushed him, they liked his exterior. And so I think that is something to where any, you know, he, he, he sometimes led into that with that making records that women would like, you know, and that's okay. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, that is that the secret sauce in hip hop. You know, you got to make a song that women are going to appeal to. You can't make a hundred bars, you know, like on 15 tracks. You can't do that. You know, you could, but your stuff, your shit ain't going to sell. It ain't going to pop like that. You know, Jay-Z popped when he put Beyonce on a record. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know. And, oh, I don't know about that. No, no, no. Actually, I'm a big whole fan. I'm a big, but I'm a, I'm a, like, let's just call, I, I, I don't, I've rocked with Hope since 96, but I'm saying my wife didn't listen to, and I can tell you, she did not listen to Hove prior to Beyonce linking up with him. That's just what I, it is. Me too. And I think there's a lot I'm of women. One of those people. Yeah, there's a lot of women like that. They just didn't, they didn't really rock with Hove like that. And mm-hmm. Hove's popularity actually, you know, skyrocketed when he linked with Beyonce. That's just what, what it is. Now, he might have sold 5 million albums you know what I mean? Uh, on, you know. I definitely think it was Big Pimpin', but okay. What did you say? <laughs> I see where you're going. I said, I definitely think it was Big Pimpin', but I see where you're going. Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> but, you know, I think that's, uh, uh, that is one of the the, the key prop, um, reasons why he pops. So let's talk about marketing and the rollout. Um, you know, I'm going to start off with you, Chrissy, like, and then we'll go, go into you, Daniel, because I know that's your bag, but I want to start off, Chrissy, like, what did you think of his rollout? Um, well, you know, the new rollout, the way it's supposed to be, because see, you know, like, I won't get into the whole Kanye Donda thing, but I, like, that aggravates me. Yeah. Um, it just does. Like, it just, drop the album or not, like, we, we don't need all the extras. I think that um, the new rollout, in my opinion, um, I, I did see the billboards, but I think the billboards is more taking shot at Kanye than anything. Um, mm. But I, I think that... Um, what do you mean by that? What do you say? What do you mean by that, taking shots at Kanye? I mean, you know, he was he was he was putting billboards in Chicago and oh. Kanye was billboards in Toronto and uh. you know they were kind of doing a tit for tat thing or whatever. Yeah. Um but I think that uh I don't like the album cover at all. I just think it's weird. Um yeah. <laughs> and um but you know, Drake's album covers have not always been uh, you know, fancy. So that's another thing. But no, I just think that, you know, he let us know a week before the album was going to drop, that it was dropping. But I think it's Drake. I think a lot of people are going to need a big marketing team to th- do a rollout. I don't think Drake needs that. Drake can tell you tomorrow he's going to drop an album and everybody's going to stay up like I did until 2 a.m. to download it. Right. It right. just is what it is. Um, but yeah, as far as like as far as like the marketing of the, the, the album cover that, that I didn't really care for that too much. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> before I get into you, Daniel, what I say about Drake and album covers, I, I really do think Drake understands that he's a, he's a fascinating because I think he understands himself to the point where he, he makes album covers that are like, he's in on the joke about him. 
True. You know, and then so like his content, everything he does, he's in on the joke. He's never a person like it goes be up, but you beyond him. You know, like he's like, oh, I don't understand why people are saying this about me. Like, no, he's like, I get it. And let me go ahead and make something that may be corny because y'all look at me as corny. And like, I'm going to do something that, you know, it's kind of like weird and funny, you know, that it could be memeable. Like, honestly, the album comes were genius because they became memeable to everybody. Everybody was able to do. Especially especially if you're reading this, it's too late. Like, that was a whole meme for decades. Right. (laughs) Right. I mean, and actually, that's the whole point of that that one clip I did at Insecure. Like, they had a a card that would say, if you're reading this card, it's your birthday. And so, like, like, but the album cover, you saw that week up, you saw different people use that yeah. particular album cover as and and for their own content and it was like it was a promotion for him even when they were promoting themselves or their product and so i think that was the genius and i think that's why i think like drake is a genius because he understands content he's a child of the of the um of social media that's why i say he's a social media don you know because he understands social media just like Little Nas X, I actually think understand social media. Like they understand social media, they understand what connects to people, what reactions are going to get, and they understand their appeal, and they understand what people see of them. It's a Jahari window concept. You know, I understand mm-hmm. myself, I understand what people see of me. What do you think, Danielle? No, I agree. Um, the Instagram cover, I mean, the album cover is all over Instagram. I've seen it today. People are still doing stuff. I've seen people do uh, bevel. They they did it with um, their hair, skin, beard, and um, body stuff. Right. So I've seen other brands cool. actually take it. And then we have the smaller <laughs> brands like, oh, I'm a PR person and they're doing theirs with like a computer or a laptop and stuff like that. But when I saw that, I was like, that's cool. Cause now it's kind of transcended to product businesses are using it and realtors are using it. Yes. We had Lil Nas X. He went and used it as well. So it's just kind of taking its own thing. And I foresee it turning into cards. I foresee it turning into um, some sort of maybe Christmas wrapping for Christmas, right. like it, it's going to be its, its own thing and it's going to continue to come on and come on and, 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 and for at least I would say another year or two until something else happens. I even see him having a partnership with Apple and having his own emoji or something coming out right. next because that's how things get started right. with things like this. So who knows where it's going to go, but there's something about having something that's super meaningful um, and only you get like some stuff that Kanye does. Like, I don't understand it. And I'm, right. I'm not sure if even he does, but there's no actual meaning for it just yet. And so people are kind of like on the fence and we got to dive into it. And then there's stuff that's just made to be memeable right. and you understand exactly what it means. There's no need for it to go deeper. Right. And both of them are not wrong. Both of them are actually great. Right. Um, I actually went to the Kanye listening party in Chicago and it just showed how many people want to see him. He could actually go on tour with just the listening party and he would sell out. Like right. that just kind of shows that 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 works for him. And I think that when we talk about a Drake, we talk about a Kanye, we talk about a Beyonce, those people have already put in work and this isn't their first rollout. Like right. I re- I was in college when Drake was going to different colleges around the United States performing. And right. he actually, his first college performance was at Southern Illinois University in Carbondale. And then he came up to Champaign and kept going. So he's put in his 
you know, Work. feet to the ground, yeah. boots on the ground. Yeah, he's done that. So he doesn't have to do that anymore. But no, you just can't roll out with your first album. But when you reach a certain amount of stardom, you can. I know Beyonce doesn't do any um, promo marketing. Yeah. She just drops it. Here you go. Or when it's time for concerts, she'll drop it right around. Let you know right around. You get your tax refund. Let right. you know that it's about to come. <laughs> right. And then you got about a week <laughs> to get your funds together. Right. The beehive is getting it first and then it's out. Right. And it works for her. She doesn't have to anymore. But that she was on the different tours, the millennium tours and all that stuff back in the day, putting boots to the ground. So you can't really compare the two um, from where they were out or where people up and coming are doing to like where great greatness. You already kind of put your foot in the universe of where you're going to be. Mm -hmm. But I think there's just two different ways. And when you talk about Drake, who, again, cookie cutter, we know where we're going to get the, the traditional marketing works for him. But because no one's done a album listening party in stadiums before, I would I would think that that would actually be super successful for any of those people that reached that level. A Rihanna, a Beyonce, um, Jay-Z, a, a Drake even. I think that they would sell out because mm. on a lower a lower scale, Jadena was doing album listening parties yep. in the United States, yep. I think Canada, and then in Africa. And I went to two of them. So and actually, that's that, that helped his yeah, yeah when, it helped his uh, album. It helped his album. It helped him transcend again. A lot of people didn't know who he was. Yeah, just yet we were able to talk to him, touch him. You know, like he was connecting with in some sorts of the ladies, some sorts to the men, talking about group community. Like he was really able to show his personality and what he stood for. And I think it really transcended and helped him go to the next level. Yeah. So. Those things do work. It's just we're seeing it now in a larger scale because we are we do have larger artists. Yeah, I actually um I would say that the the, the best thing about uh, Drake and his marketing, and actually I'm gonna par paraphrase this with only with how I do like social media. So and I'm no, obviously I'm not saying I'm anywhere close. I'm not saying that I'm anywhere close to Drake. So I don't want y'all to be like he just made a comparison. I am not. I am not. Talk your, talk your shit. Come I'm on, not saying ahead. that shit. I am not. I am not saying that. All right. <laughs> um, but what I found out with like social media, like I'll post about my, I'll make a self-deprecating joke about myself or you know my family or whatnot. Um, and I I do it as a form of, like engagement. But what happens is you know people they feel like they know me, and then so they'll get they'll come out and you know, um, random spaces and they'd be like, yo, Kamara. And they'll be like real familiar. And before like Ivory, my wife, she'd be like, was in the beginning, she'd be like, yo, these people are way too familiar with you, you know? And I'd be like, yeah, but now it's just kind of funny. Like now people, cause they feel like they know us. And in the same way, honestly, I don't do any advertising for my business. I don't do any advertising for my law firm. Um, what has happened though, is that there's a familiarity with me and especially in social media. So I'm not even, talking about my law firm but because you always see me what happens is people start think you just think about me when they're when they have um want some business or a law firm they'd be like oh i don't know what i don't know who does this oh kamara because he just did a post about his family and, I, and so i'm gonna ask him and so people are always in my inbox hey do you know how to do this can you do can you do that and i either i can help them or i can't but i found out that is a great way for my business by always being engaged with 
you know, social media. And I don't always have to promote my business. I say that with Drake. Drake doesn't always have to promote his album, you know, because, you know, he's just his engagement with his fans is enough. Whether he's doing a video where he's dancing, like with the cup in his hand, like that, but it reminds you, oh, there's Drake. And that's, he understands relevancy. And it's such, and he know, but the best thing about it, he knows how to monetize that. And there's genius in that, right? Uh, you know, so um, Beyonce, it's fascinating. She's, let's just give her, her roses. She started the, uh, the random al- album drop, right? Where she just like, hey, album's coming out. Boom, enjoy yeah. it. Um, and then I think J. Cole did the same thing afterwards. Like, right, Chrissy? Did he do? Um, I can't even remember the Beyonce did. So yeah. before we go into that, we picked it up after Beyonce though. But yes, Beyonce was the first to do that. I think it was with the um, was it with the B Day album or what was the one was Pink and Black? I was lemonade, lemonade, lemonade. No, 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 yeah. no, no. It was before. no, no, no. It was B Day. Was it B Day? Yeah, she dropped yeah. it. She just dropped it on everybody unexpectedly. Everybody woke up one day and there was a Beyonce album on the internet. <laughs> so yeah, and then everybody just started doing that after then after that. Cause I think before it used to be Tuesdays and Fridays. Yeah. It was Tuesdays and then they switched it to Fridays. And now everybody is kind of doing um random album drops. A lot of people are doing oh, it. It was just it was called Beyonce self-titled one. Oh, self-titled. Oh, say, yeah. sorry. Okay. Beyonce. Okay. Um Chrissy as a so- Go ahead. Go but, ahead. But let's talk about the definition, right? So what you're explaining is it's called no like and trust. And that is what we encourage brands, especially celebrities or anybody to build. So Cardi B is a perfect example of building that no like and trust. A lot of people think, oh, I have this business. I have to only be professional. I can't show any part of my life. And that's actually further from the truth. You want people to feel like they know you, right? But you're controlling what you're knowing. So you don't have to talk about, you know, you're going through a really deep depressive time and people need to know what's going on. You can talk about something that was super vulnerable that you got through maybe 10 years ago. So maybe like if you're a woman, like, your relationship with your hair, that's something personal, but you're not airing your dirty laundry. Right. Then you want them to trust you enough, or trust you enough that if I give you money, you're not going to scam me, right? right? Because there's a lot of scammers that are out there, especially a lot of if you're a boutique, like you have to show that you're real and not a Chinese scamming boutique that's going to send you clothes that aren't the same quality on the picture, right? Right. So that's where the reviews and the testimonials and like, hey, I'm working with someone else come in. And then you want people to like you, right? Because right. that's the main thing. I'm not going to buy, even if I think you're amazing, if I think that you're like an asshole, I'm not going to give you my money. I right. want to be treated like a nice customer and be respected. So those are the things that anybody can do. So if anybody's looking and like, well, what are people doing? That's what they're doing. Yes, there's a, a level that you want to have within yourself and your brand on what line you're not going to cross. But Beyonce does a really good job of that through with her album. She always has a video to go with it. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes she'll release a um, where she's a, a documentary to go with it. So again, these are all strategic things where we're giving you more information about you. You can see all this stuff that I was going through, although I'm already past it. So it doesn't really mean anything to me. So in her Beyonce album, she did a documentary and this was where she was like apart from Jay-Z for a long time and her first time performing in Africa and like all these things. And we really got to know her. So there's that Rihanna, Rihanna does an amazing job. I think that that is why she has 
um, grown her business to the level that she has is because she is open and we all can relate to her in some capacity. And then she has the brands to go with it. Same thing with Kylie. Like we can give people their their credit. They're, they're really good at connecting with their audience and having them relate and like them. Yeah. So if you can figure that out, um, you have a product or something to monetize, you're good to go. Yo, she just gave y'all some free game. So you know what? Go ahead and pump, go ahead and pump your business, Danielle. For anybody that wants to connect, you can search Average Black Girl, and that's on YouTube, Instagram, or on my website, averageblackgirl.com. Or if you want to connect personally, you can connect me on Instagram at Danny So Fancy, D A N I So Fancy. Um, and I would be happy to connect with you. Shoot me a DM, and I will go live on your question. See, that's dope. That's how we do it. We got to promote promote black business. That's what we're doing. Um, Chrissy, so like you're you a what do you call it? The old school radio head, you know, mm-hmm. and, and like when you when people were doing promo back in mm-hmm. the day, like you would have to like you be the, the, the person they would interview on the, the radio and whatnot. So like your idea of like promo has it like your opinion on it has it like shifted a little bit now from you know your experience or what do you think well i mean i think that uh promo back in the day was is all you know monetization um so now i mean you are you asking me like as far as artists like, yeah like artists like when artists had to, like they had, to, they had to do old school promo like they had to go to the radio station all the radio stations right. and you know like that and like what are your thoughts like how it's shifted like people they don't have to do that anymore they don't because they have all these social media platforms to do everything themselves. You know, back back then there was social media platforms like this. You had MySpace, right? You had SoundCloud, SoundClick, you know. Um, but you you had you had radio reps that were going, taking you around from station to station, doing all these multiple station hits in one day. Yeah. But now they literally can go live, like you know, like Danielle's saying, they can just be relatable, be themselves. They have kind of cut out that middleman. Um, you know, radio has taken a different direction anyway in the in the past decade in general. Yeah. Um, and as, so is the music industry. A lot of artists have gone independent. They've cut out the middleman as far as the label. A lot of artists at this point are really kind of just depending on labels for distribution deals. They're not really depending on um, artists, you know, labels to really back them musically, musically and put a lot of money behind them. Most artists are making money off shows, making money off uh, tour touring, um, booking, having their their booking agents book their own shows now. So they don't really need labels like that anymore, except for if they want the manpower to, you know, distribute the record. Mm-hmm. Um, but now you have all these like uh tune core and all these different places that you can put your, your music out yourself. You know what I'm saying? You don't really need the labels to do that. So um, with the label came like the, the radio reps and came all these people that would take you around to all these multiple radio stations to be able to promote your music. It's just a lot of, it's not like that anymore. You know, artists have, have the own platform to be able to do that. Um, where I see still where radio promo is coming in for artists is artists who are coming into town and to do touring and doing shows. They're using, you know, radio advertisement to be able to get the word out there. But now you have so many different, um, you know, social media platforms where you can put up ads and things like that for people to click on. So it's just, it's just a different time. You know, it's a different time. It's been an excruciating time for record labels, in my opinion, um, because that things have evolved for artists to be able to take on their own music and their own promotion, you know? Yeah. 
Um, I will say that as far as I think that Drake is super smart too. Like um, he knows how to have a captive audience when it comes to certain type of content. Like I was just looking at how he made an entire song about TSU. And I'm like, can you just imagine like how the whole, you know, the institution of TSU is now uh, going to take off now with this record, you know? Yeah. Uh, shameless plug. There's this uh, artist, uh, <laughs> one of the baby's artists, uh, uh, Wisdom, who just came out with a Sigma Gamma Rho uh, record. And, you know, like that was like huge. A lot of, you know, a lot of uh, SUOs don't like the record, but it's just just the fact that he was smart enough, you right. know what I'm saying, to use the record, use the, use the name, organization in his record um you're going to see especially the, the the younger members of the organization they're going to start using it in probates and step in and all yeah. different types of stuff so it's just smart you know it's just you know the young people i think and uh danielle hit it the nail in the head when she talks about you know drake just knows his audience he knows how to market um and i think he's just going to continue to be successful when it comes to this stuff you know yeah yeah um, shout out to the fact I got uh, two sorority members in here, SG Rowe and Delta. So you know, um, don't want to don't want to ignore that. So um, shout out to the Oh, appreciate it, appreciate it. Uh, so then your your dad's an alpha, right? No. Yeah. Yes, my dad is an alpha. My mom is a Delta. So yeah. like, there you go, there you go. And you know, Chrissy, your son's gonna be an alpha. So anyway, moving on. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I, I have I have no words right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to. I know that's what's gonna happen. So anyway, uh, moving moving on. Um, I'm gonna actually play a clip because I want to get into the whole Kanye Drake Cold War. You know, and oh, she's rubbing her hands. Chrissy's rubbing her hands. So, um, I want to. I'm going to play actually two clips. All right, so you guys are going to bear with me. One clip is Drake describing the Kanye thing, and then I want to. It's going to transition into Drake and the Pusha T issue. Okay, so um, y'all bear with me, and we're going to start off with the. Yeah, let's start with this one. This whole um, speech of like. You know, I, I'm, I'm in a great place, I'm making money, and I'm a father, and I want to, you know, be Quincy Jones and help you. But in order to do that, um, you've got to be uh, transparent with me, and you've got to play me your music, and you've got to oh, tell me shit. when you're dropping, and I know you don't like to do things like that. And so, you know, I was in the studio. I guess, you know, we all kind of felt a genuine vibe from it. So I played him my music, and I told him when How I was dropping. How much of Scorpion did you have done by then? Maybe like 60 percent or something. Got it. And then um, and then from there it was all good. You know, uh, he played me uh, like this. He played you a beat, right? He played me Lift Yourself. And he was like, yo, you can have this if you want. Um, and I was hype. I started writing to it. And then he was like, yo, you got to come to Wyoming. So Wyoming happened. And 40 went to Wyoming early. And he was like, man, I'm here a day early, man. Something's off. He's he like, felt yeah, 40 it. said that. Yeah, he's like, this wow. guy's working on an album, man. And I was like, for real? Because he, he hadn't announced me, it yet. He just told me he wanted to work on, like, he just told me he wanted to give me beats, and he's not, he said he wasn't dropping till like October, November, or something like that. And I'm like, it's all good. Let's just go and let's see what it's about. So I went and, you know, ended up pretty much spending the majority of my time working on his music, like, just trying to, like, <laughs> <laughs> cook up ideas for him, you know? 
Writing raps um, for him, in other words, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, whatever. Just, 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 just trying to lend a helping hand, you know, cook, cook up. Listen, I, I don't, I don't knock anybody. Music is a creative experience uh, that should be shared. But anyway, I was out there and I spent all my time pretty much working on his stuff. And again, I left Wyoming and I was like, okay, well, we left with. We left with lift yourself and like a pat on the back, you know. So I was like, all right. It's all good. Well, I guess, yeah, sure. I'll I'll try and make the most of this, and hopefully, he sends some other things through. By the way, I'm in Wyoming. I play on March 14th. I send him a picture of my son. Oh my god! I tell him I'm having trouble with my son's mother. We had a conversation. I shared my. Mm, 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 so mm. I wake up. And all these dates are out one by one by one, all around June 15th, by the way. One's May 31st, one's June, whatever. So I'm actually going to play that clip. And now I'm going to go into the uh, clip with uh, Pusha T. And so bear with me on this. For reconciliation, you obviously have Chris, Meek, Tori, Puff to an extent, you know, and things have been exasperated by Pusha. At this point in your career, in your life, do you think you could ever squash things or mend things with him? Well, you know, I'm, a, I'm, at, a, I'm at a great um, healing place in my life, which is why all those people you mentioned, um, all those people you mentioned, I really never, when I really break down the issues, when I started to sort of stop thinking from such a confrontational, paranoid, violent standpoint, I started to just really break down. What, what's our issue again? What is this over again? Mm-hmm. Like, is it, it's over a fight we had in like 2009 or it's over, a, you know, it's over the fact that we're from the same city or it's over, the, you know, I was able to, um, you know, I was able to to mend a lot of those situations. A lot of people ask me like, yo, why? Um, like, why are you doing this? Why, why, why would you do it? And I want, I want, I, I, mostly I wanted my, my closest friends to know that. It's for me, you know, it's, it's really, it's, it's got a lot to do with me. Um, it's not a fun life when you're like just in a lot of beefs with people, you know, you got to check on who's going to be at an event. You start moving different. You start, you know, um, I was changing. I was changing as a person, um, becoming a guy that was, you know, definitely willing to do some terrible things definitely moving with a different energy. And, you know, like I said, it's just not a fun life when you have to just look over your shoulder all the time um, or wonder, you know, all right, if this goes left, who's going to, who, which one of my friends is going to go sit for two, three, four, ten years? Mm-hmm. You know what? Like, it's just not, it's, it's not, it's not a really, it's not a good way to live. Um, in that particular situation that you're talking about, don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no desire to ever mend anything with that person. And, um, yeah, that situation just went, you know, it went, it just went, it just went where it went. And it's just, there is no, there is no, there is no turning back. It's not like those other situations that you mentioned. Did, you know, push, it go, did push it go too far by revealing the child and um, presenting that to the world? Um, well, I'll say this. I tip my hat to the chess move. I mean, it was a genius. It was a genius play in the game of chess yeah. um, and definitely, you know, warranted my first quote unquote you know, loss in the competitive sport of, of rapping. Um, by choice, obviously, because I, 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 I bowed out after realizing, like, the gap between us allowed him to drop, you know, a bomb on the world that, um, that, that really became, it, that, was all, that, was, that was all anyone cared about. You know, I, I, I sleep well at night knowing I didn't get outbarred and I didn't get you know, dunned off by some crazy song that I, 
it, it was just, you know, he told the world that the biggest artist at the time has a kid that he hasn't told you about. So um, I, I knew kind of for me it was, it, was, it was over at that point. It wasn't even about battle rap or any of that. It was just the, the, the information was too shocking. It was, like I said, it was, it was a, on his part, it was a genius chess move. He obviously has no, like, you know, when it comes to me, he's not going to have any, like, morals or respect. So the other elements of the record, um, whether it be, like, just, like, the shit that he's making up about like, my mom and my dad and all this, like, dumb yeah. shit. Or, uh, or, you know, obviously the part that, that hit me the most, which is, like, you know, wishing, like, that my friend that has an illness, like, dies. Like, though, that shit, to me, is just not really wavy. Like, I don't, I, I, I'm, I'm just not really with that. Like, and when I did say, oh, there's rules to this, I didn't mean there's rules that anybody has to follow, but like in battle rap, you know, they just they just headshotted that guy the other day because he was on stage and he pulled out a picture of the guy's dead aunt and started rapping about, you know, that type of shit. And it's just it just is what it is. There's a point where there's a point where you're going to want to stop rapping. I'm sure I could say something about, you know, your lovely lady or, you know, a child or a family member. And you're just going to want to not really rap anymore. Yeah, um, so that's just kind of where that's just kind of where I got to. It's just I just had to admit, like, yo, I'm, I'm really, you know, and and when I was making when I was making the record in response, which was a real record, I know people think it's like some myth. Um, it was like on this vinyls beat. And I just found myself saying things that like one seemed really out of character just cause I was like deeply invested in the situation and getting very angry um, and saying things that I, did, I don't know if in two years I'd want to hear myself say. And um, you know, he goes on for a little bit, but actually I know that was an extended clip, um, but I just think it, I wanted to highlight those two separate clips. Um, talking about their cold war that they're having uh chrissy since you were rubbing your hands i'm gonna let you run with it what do you what are your what are your thoughts on the entire thing push a p and 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 uh let's start, kanye let's start let's start with kanye first with kanye yeah um i think kanye's beef is uh i just think it's petty to be honest with you um <clears throat> i think that but I, I i see valid points though like i i feel like that was information. I mean, he he uh, produced the Pusha T record. You know what I'm saying? So like, I can right. see why. But I feel like there's always been like some underlying issues. Like they've been Drake has been taking shots at the throne for a minute. Right. <laughs> uh, at one point, yeah. has he almost gotten himself into it with Jay Z? Yeah. Um, I will say this though. Like, can we just go on record to say that Drake pretty much always has a problem with somebody? Like, I think that. <laughs> We can we 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 kind of brush it under the rug, but if you were to go back and look at like Drake's history of beef, like Drake pretty much has history of beef in hip hop. I mean, everybody from Common to Diddy to Tyga to Kanye, Pusha T, he even going at R and B artists, Chris Brown. Like he's just like he literally always has beef. You know what I'm saying? Um, right. Does he come out on top of his beef? Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? I think what saves Drake is that he's a very, he's a lyrical uh, artist. So I think that he can hold his own in a hip hop battle, hip hop beef. You know what I'm saying? But I, I think that his, at this point in time, I think that his, his issues with Kanye are valid based on uh, what happened. Because when you start putting people's kids in situations, I think that that's where it just gets, you know, disrespectful 
um, you know, it's, it's hip hop and then there's like, but then some people will tell you that there's, there's no, it, it, you can't hold anything there's, back. There's no rules. Hip-hop. Like it, in the, there's in, no yeah, rules. yeah. You know, some people will tell you that too. Yeah. Um, so I think that it's just messy. Um, I think that he hit on some valid points in his new, his new album though, where he's kind of hinting at, you know, uh, yay being kind of washed up a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think I should go on record to say that I did not like the Donda album at all. I feel like it was a whole reach after you <laughs> you waited Jesus and then you wait you waited for this and I just don't think that it was as good as it it could have been because mm-hmm. I know that um you know Kanye is a legend you know what I'm saying so it could have it could have been better um, so I think that he digged at him a lot in the new album mm-hmm. because of it um, so that's that and then I think that he has a completely valid uh, beef with Pusha T. You know what I'm saying? And I don't yeah. think that that's going to ever get resolved, in my opinion. Right. I just think that it's just going to be long standing for as long as they're both in hip hop. Yeah. What do you think, Danielle? I mean, I really wasn't in it. I don't have a comment <laughs> for the <laughs> So, okay, I'll say this. I, I think what's happening with Kanye, of course, we don't know either one of them, right? We don't know either one. Um, I go back to this interview I saw with Will Smith. And he was talking about The Rock. And he was stating how there was a point in time where Will felt a way about The Rock. Like, he's getting all these roles. And he's getting every, every, everything is, you know, The Rock, The Rock, The Rock. And, you know, Will felt a ways about it. Like, you know, and, you know, he's like, he's, he, so he started working out harder. And he was, trying, he was competing against this person that probably didn't even know he was competing against him. Right? And then he, he said, I had to get to a space and realize I'm not in that space in my career anymore. But he said, I took me having that internal growth and realizing like, I'm not supposed to be competing with the rock for these action roles. Like that's not where my, my lane is. Yes. Maybe in the nineties, that was my thing in the early 2000s, that was my thing, but I'm in a different space and I need to accept where that space is. And he said, when I started accepting that I was in a, I was in a, you know, I'm not box office Willie anymore and I can be, I can be okay with that, you know? And I think, that was a true, true testimony to understanding where you're at in life and understand that there, there are phases in your life and you're, you were grown past it. I don't think Kanye, I think Kanye understands his legacy, but I also think Kanye hasn't reconciled the fact that he's not in the same space anymore. You know, he's, he used to be a tastemaker in music and, you know, any, there was a point in time and Chrissy, you know this cause you were in radio if you had a Kanye record, it got spinned automatically. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you got, it got spinned. Like you, you having a Kanye feature or record got you automatic play. And it still does to a certain point today. But um, Kanye was what Drake was, you know, back in the early 2000s. And for someone like Kanye, who's had a myriad of different success, both in hip hop and outside of hip hop, it probably gets at him that there's this person that quote unquote, I birthed, you know, um, as far as this particular brand of hip hop, um, you know, is probably more popular than me, you know, and he, and he has, he has more relevancy than I do. And Kanye cannot his, you know, as most, uh, people who are, you know, have a sense of ego. And I think that's putting it mildly for, uh, Kanye that he has an ego. He cannot see himself not being the center of everybody's world. And the center yeah. of everybody, and especially in the music industry. We you gotta know? get used to it though, because 
Yeah, I mean, but that because that's not there's no going back. Um, yeah. I do agree with you, and I did a whole Donda podcast last week. Shout out to that podcast. Go ahead and check it out if you want to. Um, but I did. I mentioned that you know Kanye's issue. I feel like the album could have been could have been better. Um, the album. I, the problem with Kanye is that people don't rein him in. They didn't rein him in on this album. And, I, you know, I know this is a Drake podcast, so I just want to say this, put it out there. I feel like if Kanye would have had more discipline on this album and somebody would have said, no, Kanye, we're going to do this. Give me your top 20 songs. Okay, your favorite 20 songs. Now let's just parsing it down to 15. What are your 15? All right, now we know your favorite 15. We're going to go with strong 12. The top 12 out of this 15. That is your, okay, now that we have a, your 12 songs, that is going to be your message and you're gonna, it's going to deliver better. I think everything else got in, in the way of this album, of the Donda album. I think the promotion, the personality, everything, and it clouded people how they consumed the album. Because that's another thing. You got to consume artwork in a right space. And if you're not consuming it in the space that is appropriate, you're, gonna, you're not going to receive it in the right way. To the point of Drake, I listened to Drake album at four in the morning when I was working out. When I was working out, I found myself not being turned up because the album was so melancholy, you know, and I was like, what is happening? What is happening? And I realized, oh, this damn album. So like you have to consume it in the right space, you know? And so, um, I know Daniel, you said you, you wanted us to, you, you want us to break down what happened with Kanye? Right. What was the, I got the pusher T. I was, I was, I saw that real time, but what happened 10 years ago to start it off? I mean, it, honestly, it's, it's always just been like a friendly, you know, fr- friendly feud in hip hop. Friend of me. Friend of me. True. Yeah. That's, a, that's a great way to put it. Um, but I feel like um, it really took up a notch where I think Drake at one point was linked to Kim Kardashian West. Right. And then yeah. I think when his secret son, you know, he mm-hmm. says he was not hiding his son from the world. He was hiding the world from his son. Right. But anyway, he, uh, <laughs> I think when they decided to reveal that, uh, you know, which Drake really uh, felt it was disrespectful because he shared that in, in confidence. Uh, I think that's where it took it up a notch, especially because, uh, you know, Kanye produced the record. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I think that's where it, it, it's always been brewing. And now I will say, though, Pusha T, they've had a beef, honestly, since the early 2000s. That's why I said I don't really ever see that uh, changing or getting better. Mm-hmm. I don't think Kanye's beef will get better because it's, it's not as long as he's going to be late to Pusha T. It's not going to ever change. Um, I think that if that changes in the future, which is very much possible because we all know that Kanye is sometimes can lose a lot of industry friends because he's just so off his rocker. Yeah. So you never know. And, and you know what? Like he's uh, he took a dig at that in the new album, too. Like he's saying he's in the album. He I believe one of the verses that he says, one of the bars that he said was, is that you lose in all of your, your artists. Like he, he said that on the album. Yeah. So, um, he, you know, Drake did not hold back his feelings. And that's why I said I think he addressed a lot from this album. I think when the last album dropped, um, that is, I think it dropped what, like a month or something after the whole revealing of the the yeah. son and yeah. all that stuff. So he didn't really get an opportunity to address any of those things on the last album. But I think that now that he had this album, he was like, I'm gonna say what I got to say, you know? So 
and uh, and to some of the artists, I think he when you know he's referencing Big Sean. I think Big Sean said on his last record how and he, in, in the promo how like you know uh, his record label good you know good music owes him tens of millions of dollars and mm-hmm. you know and so and um how, how do you say he said you know conflicted like having a you know a relationship with Jay and and yet being on a label with Yay like you know like and so um. I think that's that there's something to be said about that. And then, of course, Big Sean, you know, J. Cole, Kendrick, they're all luminaries in the same hip hop class. And so, you know, of course, you would imagine they have a relationship. Um, some we don't I don't know if they're close or not, but, you know, um, but there is something of a, a relationship there. So, I mean, I, I don't know if that explains it to you, Danielle. It does. Thank you. All right. Yes, that was for some. The, for the, I mean, listen, and that's not even. That, that, that's where there are people probably listening like I don't get it either you know um I, I do think what's the sad part about the whole Kanye and Drake thing is that it's in particular for Kanye because he's older like I just wish he would let his his ego d- go um because I think they can make beautiful they literally could make beautiful music there like the things that they could create if they just would just put some dumb shit aside and stop being childish, especially on Kanye's part. Sound. I think that I think that Ye could give um, he could he could contribute to giving Drake a new sound. I definitely think he could. He could. Uh, he could if he didn't want to be the center of it. You know, um, you know, and to continue with this whole Drake and Kanye thing, Drake actually last night on his IG, he released an unreleased Kanye song um, that was supposed to be on Donda. I know we just mentioned Donna. And so I'm going to do something. I'm going to play that song at the end of the podcast, but I am going to play a verse from that particular song that Kanye talks about specifically Drake um, and his relationship. So let me go ahead and cue that up for y'all. The kids in the home, battery in my back. This house of pain won't ever last. Sahat told me to my face. That sicko mode was his biggest song We're gone cause Donna was the best ghost rider I ever had South Park had jokes about fist sticks To this day the whole team could kiss this stick I put Virgil and Drake on the same text And it wasn't about the matching Arc'teryx Or Kid Cudi dress Just told these grown men stop it with the funny shit I might hire the whole team from AZG So don't text me like I'm Juanita, JCV Or more important, Monica Corgan Who was there for me, somebody really there for me was rare for me that was new air to breathe when i was underappreciated undervaluated stockholders told me boardrooms would bore you can't remember going by your rules try to follow the lord's rules y'all was a new abu dhabi told drake don't play with me on gd and he sent that message to everybody so if i hit you with a wyd you better hit me with yes sir i'm writing everything you need i told you i was gonna take the summer back so any other cap won't take none of that. Wear my motherfucking red hat. Security and the nannies be forever handling. I can't stand it when it's talks of putting the kids back in Sierra Canyon when daddy got his own school. Trash smile for these white people if you want. Why we build a team to get Hoover out the joint? I do what I want, bro, in my life. Serve and protect long as it's my wife. Screaming on MNs for trying to lower the percentage of scams. See, I was going in back when they thought I was only making M's. Now- yeah, so, you know, that was uh, Kanye addressing um, not only Drake, but I guess also, 
you know, he was talking about just his uh, relationship with his, uh, I guess, his former friend. And I don't know what's going on with that. Um, what's his name? Uh, uh, I don't even know. What is it? the 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 Virgil? Yes, right. The guy who does. Oh, Virgil. Yeah. 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 And so I, I don't know. Like, I, I first of all, the fact that Drake released that that was supposed to be on Donda is hilarious to me. Like, that is comedy. It's the arrogance. It's the arrogance. I'm telling you. That was like, and and then the second part about that is, you know, the joke on Twitter is like, why is Drake releasing the album or releasing a record that, and I'm, I'm not saying this is true, but they're saying why is Drake releasing a record that sounds better than his entire album? So, so. <laughs> I mean that's a matter of opinion. The, the yay record, he said yeah, yeah, the ra- yeah, yay record. They're like it clears everything that Drake put out. Like, like why would he? Do, why would he do that? So the jokes on him, you know. And so, um, you know, and so whatever. I mean, but uh, I think what's fascinating if you break down that verse, and I wrote, I wrote down the lyrics. Um, one of the things that were interesting was how he was like, "Yo, I, I sent you a text, and you went ahead and." you know, you, you put it on social media, like, you know, and then I think that, so, and then obviously Kanye in response, I think he showed a text on social media. So, but it's always like the last person that you see hit, that's the person that's in trouble, you know? And I think that's what everybody responded when Kanye did the whole, um, showing a screenshot or whatnot. Um, and also the, the funny other thing is interesting that Kanye admits that, yeah, you wrote for me, you know? And he says, uh, yes, when I'm, when I'm, um, when I hit you with the why, uh, what you doing, you better hit me with the yes, sir. I'm writing everything you need. So, um, so Kanye admits, like, yeah, I use you for ghostwriters. I, you know, um, so I just think it, it's it's which kind of clears up, which kind of clears up people saying that people ghostwrite for Drake. So, yeah, you know. yeah. So, I mean, there's there's that there's that um, that play in that. Uh, the funny thing is that Kanye saying, you know, um, to Drake, don't play with me on the GD. So Kanye talking about you, they let the GDs in the dose. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny Kanye referencing that record and shout out to Danielle laughing because you know she's from Chicago so <laughs> she knows exactly what that means they didn't let the GDs in the dough so yeah um, he played it at the Chicago uh listening party oh did he yeah. I will say if you haven't um I, ha- I didn't get a chance to go to the the listening party but I have been to uh four tours um with Kanye West and I will say um Kanye West is probably undeniably the best hip-hop show I've ever seen in my life mm. uh, it, it, it's just phenomenal like the, the artistry that he brings to the stage every time he comes out it's just it's 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 creative. It's beautiful. It's just it's the show, and he doesn't need backup dancers. He doesn't need anybody but himself. And one of the best uh, shows I've ever gone to was at the Glow in the Dark tour. It was actually Rihanna yeah. and uh, Kanye West, and he was kind of like on this plane uh, the whole time that he was performing on. And it it was just a really really I, I want to say that um, I feel like Big Sean might have been at that show too. But like yeah, it, it was a it, it was just a a fascinating show. So Kanye is a legend and I think that he just needs to preserve uh, his legendary status at this point and just produce and, you know, continue to do his fashion thing or whatever. But I think he needs to stop trying to compete with Drake and everybody else. So my um, uh, shout out to my boy, Lyndon, who, again, we didn't do his podcast this week, but, you know, we're going to share that next week because it really is a hot pod. But we had a conversation last night about everything. And one thing he said I thought was fascinating 
Um, Kanye, his brilliance is that he needs a muse. Like when he was really, really popping is when he was on Rockefeller Records, right? And his muse was Jay, you know? And, you know, and so like his greatest parts of his work is when he has somebody to work with and, you know, he can bring the best out of them and they bring the best out of him. And so, you know, part and parcel of why he struggled in the last few years is that he hasn't um, circulated on a particular muse, you know? And so he's kind of working. That's why he's, he's jumping on these other artists and he's, his albums sound like they're all over the place. It's, you know, starting with the life of Pablo um, because, you know, ideally, you know, he's really trying to figure out, you know, a particular sound, you know? And so, um, I thought that was a, I thought to me personally that I think that was like a really, really, um, poignant statement by, uh, my boy Lyndon, you know? So, um, what do you, what do you guys think about that? Like the thought process that, you know, he, he needs a muse to kind of inspire him. Who, Kanye? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, Kanye was his best when he was, he was kind of the, the star of the show at Rockefeller at one point. Um, and I think that um, even though you had all these artists that were surrounding him, he created the sound for a lot of those artists. And then he came out and did his own sound and him and Jay just worked. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, it's, it's unfortunate to see. And that's another really weird thing too, because I feel like, um, you know, Part of me was like, oh, man, Watch the Throne is coming back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then, <laughs> I don't know. Then I heard the album, like, you know, I, I believe Jay said, no more of this red cap. You know, and then, I, and then I heard the album, and there were certain parts of it. I was like, nah, Jay ain't going to go for that. Ain't no way. You know what I'm saying? So right. I just, it, it just was really weird to me because I was like, are they are they back? Are they not? You know, and then next thing you know, now, uh, here here's Jay on Drake's album. Right. You know what I'm saying? Which I think was honestly one of the dopest songs on this record, um, in my opinion, as well. Um, that's what I want to talk about, too, is like, what are your favorite yeah, songs? Yeah, you, you read my mind. Actually, like, I want to talk about, like, I, the song I love, I loved, um, you know, You Live Twice. Oh, yeah, with uh, with um, Rick Ross and, and, and Lil Wayne. And Wayne, yeah, you know, the, I think that's a, the hottest song. 7 a.m. is probably, for me, the best song on the album. Oh yeah. Well, you know, that's like a whole series though that he does, right? That's like he that's like the the AM PM series. Yeah. So he has like four, what is it, four AM in Calabasca? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Five AM in uh Toronto. Yeah, yeah. Um so it, initially my first thought was when I listened to the album, I was like, it's seven AM, like that's the best song. But then as I went through a couple more sins, I was like, dang, I really like fair trade. Um, I really think that's a dope record. I really like Poppy Song. That really set like a good tone for the album, like straight out the gate. Right. Uh, I don't know. Like, I just th I think it's a I think it's a great project. I think it's a safe project. But I think that um, we'll be playing a lot of these records for years to come for sure. I don't know if we'll be playing that. I I've made the comment. I don't, I'm, I'm really, I don't think we're gonna be playing any of these records years to come because I think Drake is cotton candy. I've said it. I think he's someone at the you you like cotton candy at the carnival. You consume it, but it doesn't give you anything substantive to like you to walk away from. And so like it dissipates after being in your mouth for a little bit. So um, I don't know if we'll be consuming. Cause Drake puts out so much content and so many records that I just now you'll take pieces of the record. You'll take pieces of the album. You like I like certain tracks, but I don't know if people will go back to this album and be like track one through twenty. 
we gonna just consume the entire thing because I don't think that's the way his records operate. Danielle, what do you think? I mean, I'm interested to see which one is gonna be like the record for the radio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. and those are the ones that are gonna like make their make their I guess way in history. And then I'm wondering if in the new Insecure um, episodes, if we're going to have some, because, you know, they're releasing their last season in October. So I'm sure that there's already been some partnerships. So I'm interested to see what part of current pop culture is going to take some of these and use them and kind of idolize them because that that helps. And then um, as far as the conversation before about Kanye and him having a muse, I think that most people that are extroverts, like they have to have somebody or at least the energy in the room. And so if he's an extrovert, then he needs that. And working by himself, um, he it doesn't it doesn't help with your energy and with your focus. And I know like even myself, like if you, you have ADHD, they say that one of the things that can help you with that is to have somebody on the phone or on Zoom or whatever, just there and then clean your room or then uh, do your work or whatever, because you need to have that person, even if they're virtual because it's COVID and stuff. And so I have friends that are diagnosed ADHD and that's what they're doing to make sure that they're productive since we are working from home and more isolated. So I am, I, um, and thank you for that. I, what I, one of the things I would like to say is funny and Danielle, I want you, actually want your, uh, your quote. I, I saw something on Twitter, like, fellas, um, pay attention to all the bad. I'm sorry, I'm going to curse in here. Pay attention to all the bad bitches uh, Instagram posts. Because uh, that's, <laughs> you know, w- which lyrics they're quoting, because that's going to be the song. of uh, <laughs> So, you know, uh, the Instagram story. So, like, are there, are, are there, are you seeing some captions already? You know, like, you know, Chrissy and Daniel, are you seeing some cra- captions already that, uh, you know, it's taken full on Instagram stories. Like, which ones are those? I'm, I want to know. Saw, the one that I saw was way too sexy. That's the one. I'm telling you right there. That's yeah. the one that's going to be the the, the uh, radio record for sure. Uh, anything with future, too, is, like, going to take off. So I think that's going to be the one. Um, yeah, because they know. did release the future video, the music video. So that's already ready yeah. to go. They already knew. Okay, so <laughs> can we talk about that future record, though? I was not a fan. I'm not. Which a one? Fan. There's two of them on the record. I'm way too sexy. I'm like that was a. Uh, listen, I guess I have high standards for Future and Drake when they collab, and I felt like that was a really lazy record. I'm like when I heard it, I was like, I mean, it's it's no Grammys. I can say that, but it's it. You know, it. I don't know. It's Future though. Like, I know, but I felt like that. I just felt like you know. It's, I, when they put out, you know, their album, their collab album, it was like, oh, you saw what they can do together. And so, like, ever since then, anytime they collab, just like a Drake and Rick Ross, like, anytime Drake and Rick Ross get on a record, it's like, yo, okay, this is about to be phenomenal. And, you know, nine times out of ten, they always, they, they deliver. So that, way too sexy, I felt myself like, uh, and so when he, they chose that as a record to put the visuals behind and, and um, you know, for a video... I was like, damn, that's the record? I was like, I, I guess. But, you know, it's funny video, though. It's a funny video. I haven't seen the video yet. I didn't know it was a video out yet. Yeah, it's a funny video. But, again, Drake is in on the joke. He's always in on the joke. So, like, he he knows how people view him. So, he's he's willing to make himself self-deprecating, you know, which I think is actually an appeal for women, right? 
Women love funny guys, number one, and they don't they love guys who don't take themselves too seriously. Am I right about that? That's true. Yeah. I That's mean, true. I mean, we like to laugh. We don't want we don't want you to be the butt of all the jokes though. We want That's you it. to be the comedian and not to be the fool. Yeah. Right. That, that, and there's That's a difference. It. I, I could not have explained it any better than any other said. <laughs> I will tell you, and this is back in my um in my unsaved days when I was single. What I realized about with women is that the key to a woman's heart is to make her laugh. And so, you know, I would always try to bring a sense of humor and, you know, cause I feel like if I, if I can make you smile, you know, then, you know, I've already, I'm already on second base at that point. You know what I mean? But if, if a woman wasn't giving me her energy, like she just was not feeling anything I was saying, I was like, Oh, this is not going to work. Like everything I'm saying, she got the screw face on. I'm like, Oh damn. Like that, that joke didn't land. You know, so, um, so yes, I do, I do agree. Like, they don't want you to be the, the fool for every joke, but they do want you to have some bit of humor, man. So, um, all right. So we already talked about, so you, what record did you hate? The, did you not like the most? Would you like, I could let, they could left that shit off the album. Um, I don't know. Cause I really like 21 Savage too. So I, I, I think I like 21. I like the 21 Savage record. Um, but I would have liked to see 21 Savage in a different record with Drake. Nice I'll say that. Yeah. I mean, especially yeah. when he had Project Pat on there. Yeah. I was like, damn, that's I a missed opportunity. How, I see how it could have worked, but I think maybe it was just the, the production. I don't know. It's just something was off about the record, but it's not my favorite. Maybe it'll grow on me. Um, I don't know. You know what? I, did, I song I didn't like. Girls want girls. Yeah, I did not like that. I was like, "This That's is fun. yeah." I was like, "They could have left this shit off the album." And uh, and then my thing is like, it's gonna be so quoted. But I was like, that's not a bar, Drake. He was like, yeah, you're lesbian. I'm a lesbian, too. And I'm like, oh, God. That was really weird. That You know what? You're right. That that was the one. Because I was like, why would you say that? That's just weird. It was, yeah. a, it was just like, and then my thing was like, that's about to be a damn bar for people. And I'm like, that is not a bar, Drake. say it all the time. Because that's what that's what we were told to say back in the day. If a man's talking to you, you want to talk to him, be like, oh, I'm with her. You just point to one of your girlfriends. Leave it alone. Now he's going to be like, I'm a lesbian, too. I guess that was his humor. I guess that's yeah, the yeah. humor, but I just thought like I could have, I could have left. You could have left without that man. Um. So, all right. So anyway, you know, what, you know what song is gonna get quoted though? It's the one on Fair Trade. Yeah. Where he was like, "I'm losing a lot of friends, but yeah. it's the Fair Trade is getting peace." Like that is yeah. gonna be like that's everybody. already being quoted. I've already seen that like four or five times on Facebook, yes. Instagram, it's everywhere. So yeah, I think that's gonna be the single for sure. So uh, shout out to my therapist because here's the thing: what she's she's gonna say. I'm actually going to ask her about this album when I uh, speak to her this week. So, but, um, hey, you know, I'm not. I love, shout out to your therapist. Shout out to my therapist. So, anyway, my, the, the thing about it is losing friends should act, is actually very painful. It's a very, very painful thing. And so, like, um, it's important because I, what I always say, you're not, you don't really lose a friend. You know, what you lose is uh, you lose a burden. And so, you know, I don't, um, I don't think I lose friends. I just lose burdens. And so when somebody's like, I'm not like fucking with them no more. I'm like, I just wasn't fucking with them. Like we were never really fucking with each other. We were cool. What happened was there was a scenario that allowed us to be cool, you know? And once that scenario had worn out, 
And I was trying I was carrying that relationship. I was carrying it. And now I'm not mm-hmm. carrying it anymore. They were kind of a burden. So I'm just not fucking with them, you know? And so, so let me ask you this question. Yeah. I really like this dialogue based off this one Jake record, by the way. I think this is great. Yeah. Uh, so like if you need to lose a friend, do you just go cold turkey and just cut this friend off? Or do you have a conversation before you cut the friend off? Um, I'm one for, I'm one, you know, I'm one for just kind of like, you just, you're going to feel my energy. Like we're just not going to be like, it may, it may determine a conversation, but I don't, I don't feel like I need to give you a conversation because I've already given you energy that you didn't deserve anyway in this relationship. So you're just, I'm just going to move. You're going to see how I move. I'm not moving in the same way. Like you're going to hit me up like, nah, I'm I'm cool. Like, and I think your people are smart enough to realize, Hey, they ain't fucking with me no more, you know? Mm -hmm. And so you'll, you'll get it. Like I, I don't, you know, if you, we have to have the conversation, we can have that. But nine times out of 10 is just like, I'm moving different and you're just going to have to pick up on the way I'm moving. You don't, if you don't know how I operate, how I'm moving, then that's, that's uh, um, designed on you. That's not on me. That means like, I'm not including you in how I'm operating, you know? So that's kind of how I operate. I mean, what do you guys think? I normally... It depends, right? If you are, we, if we're together because of a, a situation, we work together, volunteer together, like there's a reason why we're here and it's not because we choose to be because like a life situation, right. then if that stuff ends or we're not that close, it's just fine. It's not a big deal. But I have had people where at first I like fall back and then they call me like, what's up? And then I have the conversation, but the conversation has happened before. I'm like, well, this is what I need as a friend. And these are not relationships. These are these are strictly platonic. This is what I need as a friend. And are you able to do that? And if not, then we just fall fall apart. Like one person called me and I was like, we haven't hang out all summer. So summer's over. Clearly there's an issue. You just now want to talk about it? Well, let's talk about it. Right. Okay, I'll be a better friend. Do you accept my apology? No, I receive your words, but actions is what i'm looking for so i'm gonna pause it put it in my pocket and either will be good or i'll see you at the next ugly sweater party in november that we run into it's no big deal but you're not doing your your bargain as as a friend that if you want to be in my inner circle mm-hmm. but that rarely happens but i mean i was fine with having it right right what about you chris you know what? I think that um, you hit the nail on the head when you said losing friends is painful. But I think that um, it's either going to be really painful or it's going to be really relieving for you. Mm-hmm. Um, because because sometimes we lose friends and it's painful because we wanted it to go a different direction. But one of us is growing and one of us is not. And then I think that sometimes we lose friends and we relieved because it was like I stopped reaching out and I saw... I, I got the confirmation that I need it. Right. right. Um, and so let's just move forward and neither one of us have to say anything. I think that we'll both be relieved to stop faking it. Right. right. So I mm-hmm. think that um, as you grow though, like it, you know, kids can move on. They can drop a friend, like a bad habit and go get, get another yeah. friend. Right. <laughs> Super quickly. But for us, um, I just, I think, I think that we do outgrow friends, but I think that sometimes we're, we have friends um, for certain places in our lives and certain moments in our lives where we're supposed to have them, where they're supposed to be there, right? Yeah. Uh, and some of them will come along with you and some of them won't. So everybody can't, everybody can't come, you yeah. know what I'm saying? And, and, and that's okay. 
Um, so I just thought that dialogue was really interesting based on this record because this is a, a line I think we're going to see everybody start posting. Right. right. It's just going to be I'm losing friends and I'm finding peace. But that's a fair trade to me. Like you're right. going to see that everywhere. And um, I think that a lot of people need to go to therapy after they some of them people are not healed. They're going to be posting that status. Um, but a lot of people are going to resonate and relate to that because sometimes it really just is true. You know, go to therapy. Don't yeah. do, don't don't go to the Drake record. That's what I said. Yes. <laughs> go to therapy. Okay. <laughs> um, so. So here, here's here's the thing, right? So I, I do believe that you know, we should always have an, a reevaluation of like friends, friendships and relationships. Um, but truthfully speaking, I think sometimes, you know, and that's what my personal opinion on it. I always say you can operate in the same space that with someone you're not fucking with. Like you can be in the same room. Like this is we're not. You know, this ain't this ain't uh, 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 we aren't on the streets. We're professionals. You know, what I mean, so ain't nobody getting shot up in a boardroom. You know, what I mean, so like I could be in your space, you know, what I mean, and I'm not fucking with you. Like, I don't have to, like, avoid you. Like, you know, what I mean, I'm not afraid you're going to run up on me. Like, you know, what I mean, I'm, and I'm not going to I could be in your room and I'm not going to put my finger on your face and I'm not going to put my like we're not going to have that conversation or nothing like that. We can be be there. And I think sometimes we get into space like, oh, so-and-so is going to be there. I don't want to be there. And I'm like, no, no, I'm going to be there. You know, <laughs> like, it's cool. It's cool. I'll be, I'll be there. Like, I'm not afraid to be in their space because nothing's, what are they going to do? You know? So like, you know, uh, ain't nobody trying to go to jail. You know what I mean? That's what I say. Like professionals ain't trying to go to jail. Black professionals def damn train trying to go to jail. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, it's all good. It's all good. We can, we can function. Everybody can function. Um, Danielle yeah. said she's going to see him at the ugly sweater party. Yeah. We're going to see, see you. I'm going to see you. Yeah, we're going to see you. You're not welcome in my home. Yeah. And that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For real. Um, so. I think the, the hardest, though, friendship for me was when my childhood best friend and I, like, stop talking. That was the only one. I think that was worse than, like, a relationship. And right. I was, like, really going through it, calling my parents, crying to my daddy. Like, I was just so emotional back then. Um, but that was the only one. I think that we probably all have that one or maybe two. But it was just because, again, different, going totally different places, totally different um, paths and I guess that was like the the true like growing apart. But yeah. other than that, I think it's not as bad. But yeah, some some really hurt. So it's not just like a oh, it's whatever. Like I think it's okay to feel that way. We don't really talk about it. I don't think that platonic relationships or friendships get as much play as romantic ones, even yeah. though you have way more platonic ones than romantic Absolutely. relationships in your life, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, it, actually, a friendship breakup is a real thing, right? Especially if it's somebody you really, you deeply cared about. Friendship breakup yeah. is it's a real, yeah, real idea. My my best friend Jay, uh, Jamie. Um, well, I mean, we're never gonna break up friendship wise. So, but I can imagine if her and I had a falling out, that would be devastating to both of us. You know, because first of all, we know too much about each other. So it's like, damn, there's a person out in this world that knows all this shit about me. I gotta reconcile that relationship because I can't have her release. <laughs> I can't have her pressing the red button on me, you know. So uh, whatever we gotta do, we gotta work it out, you know. So, um, but 
yeah, I, I think that would be uh, devastating for um, us if that ever happened. All right. So listen, um, let's wrap up the pot. I really want to hear your, your I'm going to be all your final thoughts on just Drake and um, his musical legacy. Like, what do you and how do you see him just as far as an artist and, you know, it could be about this album or just in general. So I'll start off with you, Danielle. Um, I think that Drake is definitely made his mark for our generation. I'm excited for when we're older and we are now the oldies and which songs definitely make the oldies PlayStation plays plays and stuff like that. But I think that for, for us, he's made his mark with the ladies. I think that I foresee Drake doing more um, in the next one, like more Caribbean Afrobeats. He's been doing it for a while. I feel like he was one of the first ones to do it with Rihanna. Um, and I think that he, yeah, he's, he's, he's one of our favorites. So if you're talking about the corporate girls that used to be the college girls, like we've grown with him and we're sticking beside him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about you, Chris? Um, I think that it's time for Drake to stop music. Ooh. Never. I think I think it's time for Drake to stop music. If he's if he's not gonna uh explore new sounds, if he's not going to evolve in his music, I think that he needs to uh because you know, yeah, he's not like 44, he's not 50, he's not, you know, getting up there with the Jay-Z's and the Nazis. But um, you know, I think this is what probably his ninth studio a solo album, right? Something right. like that. Right. It's probably like he's probably like nine in. That's not including any uh, collaboration albums or mixtapes, right? Right. So I think at this point, um, we got it. You're number one. You're the man of the decade or whatever, right? Like I think at this point, he needs to just jump into business moves and investments, and um, he needs to grow other artists. I think that he needs to kind of be maybe get on the mogul. So I don't know if he's I don't know if he's capable of being a mogul, but I think if he is, and he needs to go into that arena. Mm. But I think that we don't need another Drake album telling us why you're better than niggas for the next 10 years. Like, we we got it. We get it. You're, you made your point. We know it's true. We know you got bars. I think that um, this was a, I think this is a good album with nice bops. You know, this is going to be played at all the white parties over the, the holidays. <laughs> we get it, right? But right. it's time for you to move on and evolve. So, um, I don't know if he's gonna. I don't think that Drake would be great at acting. I, I just I've seen. Uh, <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> That's how he got to start. He got to start I, acting in Degrassi. I know, but I just, it, it wasn't for me. So, right. <laughs> so I don't know if um, I don't know if he can break into that arena. But I can definitely see him producing. I can definitely see him. You know, um, putting out new artists and, and different sounds, younger artists, putting on producers. Like, I can see him doing those type of things. So I would like to see Drake, the grown man, mobile. Like, I would like to see him move into that arena versus to continue making the same albums with the same sounds, you know. 2010. So, li- listen, I would say this, man. I, one of the things that fascinates me about Drake is, and I think Danielle... She touched on it. And then, you know, Christy, you you um, wanted to park your car there. Is that, um, you know, people have grown up with him. 2005, 2006, 2007, 2008, nine. Um, we've known him as an artist. And one of the things that I think is interesting is that 
while his fans have grown, some of them have had kids now, mortgages, real life. They're not, they're not, you know, in the club anymore. Some still are, right? There's some still are, are actually in, in in that space, but a lot of them have moved on in that space uh, space in their life. And yet Drake is still operating on that same space in that same sphere that he was in, you know, 2009, 2008. And I often wonder when an artist doesn't grow with his fans, what does that look like? Drake is a fascinating individual because there are people who are 50, 55 years old who listen to Drake. And then there are 13, 14, 15 year olds who listen to Drake. So he has a wide swath of like a market demographic. And it's not just black art, black people It's white, Hispanic, Asian, you know, gay, straight. He really touches a lot of people. And that's why he makes him such a, an incredible artist. But I wonder with someone like with that type of influence, and we haven't seen a lot of people with a lot of influence. Let's just call it what it is. There's only been like a handful of people, especially black artists who really have that type of influence. Let's just say what it is like Beyonce, Prince, Michael, you know, like, I mean, the, the, you know, uh, Chris Brown. Oh, I don't know. That's a whole nother pod. Oh, Chris Brown. We got, okay, yeah. we, we can, we'll have another pod on Chris Brown one day. Uh, yes, Chris Brown did, <laughs> did have that type of, it, of that type of influential sphere. But, you know, somebody like him, like uh, uh, Drake, who actually had such a influential and, and impact on the culture, I wonder what his next phase is going to be. Because you're right. Yeah. You know, Chrissy, we can't just have, a 40 year old Drake talking about, I'm going to save a stripper from, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to change a life. Like that's like, it's almost like that. It's let's, all right, bro. Let's play boy, play boy, play boy. We got, give me something new. Talk to me about what else is going on in your life. What else is going on in your life? I know you ain't got to be CNN, but you got to tell me, like, talk to me about, you know, your, your other, you know, other space of your life that are important to you. Not you being in the strip club or you going to Houston, Atlanta, Vegas, like you, you still on that? You still on that Playboy? You still on the Houston land of Vegas? Oh, okay. You know, you, you have friends that are like oh. still on that tip. You're like, yo, you still doing that? Oh, all right. That's, that's, that's great for you. You know, so, <laughs> um, I, I do want to see growth. I do want to see where he's going to be at. I wonder if his fans are going to start a- asking for that, you know, um, and how, and how long, or it might be, as Danielle might said, like, we just want him, we want him in that space and that's what we like. And he reminds us and he helps us escape. And so I don't know. There's no right or, right or wrong answer. Rose will get it. Like Drake is 34 and he's still a bachelor and he's still living that bachelor life. And so that's what you'll get. But hopefully at 44, he'll be married, settled, and we'll have a new, a new situation. Does Drake represent, and I know it's supposed to be closing, but I, I kind of, I know we're going to peel off in this part of the conversation. So I apologize, everybody. <laughs> I feel like almost like Drake represents a, a demographic of human beings. I don't want to say men or women that are perpet- the perpetual adolescent. Like the person who like refuses to grow up. Like, you know what I mean? Like refuses to like to it's move like on. People that refuse to leave their college campus after they've graduated. Or re- even after college, they refuse to like, we still in the club. Like, yo bro, like you ain't, you, that's your life. You just on vibes and hookah. Like that. You ain't got no other plans on, on the weekend. Like just vibes and hookah. Like <laughs> that's a huge demographic, especially in the summertime. I mean, in the wintertime, people get back, but yeah. What do you, what would you, what a, 
I think it's bigger. I think it's a bigger demographic than you think. And I think after looking at how big, because I think this year more than any other year, the festivals have been promoted because of like the COVID numbers. But there's a lot of people that go to multiple concerts and festivals and they it's pretty much a lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. And it's millions of people. We just didn't see it because it wasn't newsworthy. Now it is because of the COVID numbers. But even Lollapalooza, like it was a lot of people. And this is what they do annually. Right. What were you saying? Yeah. What are you going to say, Chris? Um, no, I mean, I think that, yeah, I think he's a token bachelor guy, light-skinned bachelor guy. <laughs> um, you know, I just, and it is the demographic. He's 34. I think, you know, right now you're absolutely right. It's like that range of 30 to 44. Like a lot of guys are not even really trying to settle down before that, before that time frame. Right. Um, so yeah, I don't know, and I, I do agree with Danielle. I think that once he has something new in his life like that to talk about, maybe we'll get a different Drake. But I don't think it'll be a musical Drake. I think it'll be like a business Drake. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I just, I don't know. I just don't know. I'm just curious to see what else he can do. You know, musically, because um, yeah. if you really go back and examine all of Drake's body of work for the last 10, 15 years, much of it is the same content. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I don't know. Like I think I, I think I only heard Drake one time talk about he had two mortgages and that was it. Right. <laughs> and I was like, okay, like what's next? So I don't know. Like we'll we'll see we'll see what's in store for him. But um, and he is one of those artists that really transcends for um decades and decades with different uh, demographics because you're right. That's the reason I had mentioned Chris Brown because you have when you think about it when Chris Brown came out. You know, probably I think Danielle, we might be around, I don't know, around the same age or so, but <laughs> like Chris Brown was young. You like he was super young. So this is what I was listening to. Was, listen, Chris Brown is in his 30s now and he still has 16 year olds and 15 year olds and 14 year olds that are wanting to listen to him as yeah. well as 35 and 36 year olds. Right. So I think that Drake is in that same boat um, when it comes to, you know, being able to really just carry over to different demographics and age ranges. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll see what happens at 40 for Drake. And then also we don't know what business deals he has behind the scenes. Like I know Chris Actually. Brown owns like 14 Burger Kings. It's not really highly promoted or even pushed. Um, so we don't know what he's done behind the scenes as well. Right. Factual. I feel like I compare everybody though to Nas and Jay, because I feel like, um, you know, Nas, is, a lot of people don't talk about it, but Nas is really up there when it comes yeah. to a lot of investments, you know yeah. what I'm saying? He just yeah. really is. So that, I feel like when, I feel like we, we are, my expectation is, is every rapper that is kind of like starting to transition into their forties, they should be, just like Nas and Jay, like this right. is your this is your life after blueprint. Your yeah. blueprint, you know this this is the life after rap. So that's what I'm hoping that Drake becomes, um, you know, because he's I think he's attained everything musically that he could so far. Yeah, um, I'll end it on this. Show me, show me your best year of your life, and I can tell that by your haircut. So <laughs> for those who have a haircut, and you were like, yo, like, yeah. Yo, 2012 was definitely that dude's year because he's got the same hairstyle. You know, I don't have any hair, so like you can't tell what my best year is. But um, you know, and I've always been like this, Kamara. 
have I always have I always had no hair? Yes. Um, I don't know. I think what 2011. That's when shit started getting real different for me. <laughs> so, so that's when I had to start cutting it off. I was like, oh shit, this is not what it's supposed to be like. Uh, and then, you know what the sad part about it? it's like gaining weight. Nobody tells you your hairline is getting pushed back. Not even your own damn barber until you have the realization. Like, yo, man, my shit getting pushed back. Why you keep pushing my barber's like, I ain't pushing shit back. Your <laughs> DNA is pushing your shit back. I'm like, oh, okay, cut this shit off. Like, like, like nobody tells you. You just start looking crazy in pictures. Like, you start looking real crazy. Like, yo, man, like, what? I, I, I didn't know my shit looked like, looked like Fred Sanford, but whatever. Anyway, uh, so, um, yeah, so Drake got that, he's got the haircut thing, like, 2009 was his best year and I feel like he's like I'm gonna continue that uh as far as like music relevancy and continue doing the same thing over and over again yo I want to thank y'all for listening to this podcast man thank you Danielle thank you Chrissy thank you everybody who listened if you enjoyed this podcast please share it please subscribe um I think this is a dope content man and with that being said I promised y'all I'm gonna play the Kanye unreleased track the in its entirety so if you w- listen through this entire podcast, you will be rewarded by listening to that. And uh, I appreciate y'all. So thank you so much. Here we go. Go help us. Hey, Miss Donda. You're running to my mama, please tell her I said say something I'm starting to believe ain't no such thing as heaven's trumpets No after over, this is it done If there's a heaven, you would think they let you speak to your son Maybe she has in the form of a baby's laugh I heard passing by in a stroller Reminding me, hey, keep rolling, oh no Maybe she has with the prick of a blade of grass I've been laying on way too long Got me itchy, got up and roamed a little more Miss Donda, you see my mama, tell her I'm lost You see, she'd always light a cigarette We talk, I would cough Exaggerating a little bit so she get the point Trying to get her to stop smoking I would lead and fire up a joint till I quit Started back up again 20 years later, all that time Y'all thought a nigga were high Thought I was crazy, my mom She ain't cut no corners, got me back on track I don't miss her overstepping But do miss her showing seven civilian life shit Uh, Miss Donda, see my mama whisper her this the real reason I was geek to go to church must confess when y'all grown-ups would be in Bible study. That girl helping me with my homework, her and I were fucking so pure and perverted. So spirit spinning and dirty, so on, so on and so on. We hope that no one heard it. And to this day, I think her mama knew, but let us explore. Miss Donda, you see my father, please ask him why. He never married, always smiled, but was he happy inside? Because I carry my mother's name, did he carry shame with him? I'm sure she did it out of spite, was her decision at birth. She she probably would hurt. Ah, oh, poor baby, two young people with different views, a lot for a young lady. No coincidence, they both passed away from heart conditions. There's a dissidence at play, dad and mom do hard division. 3,000 poster child for big dick niggas raised by their mothers. I'm supposed to smile as if God knew that I would be trouble. Keeps me around for what I don't know, but I do know that it's crucial that we do so pronto. I don't know how much long though. Mama, your son in the red hat Had suffered setbacks Had shouldn't have said that's had Made everyone mad He made 808 so he's Everyone dead No, he ever gets that hope Tell spot a short Close my eyes, I can see more No, body punking me Nobody pressure me Nobody gangster me Especially when the gangsters eat thanks to me And my favorite principal name was Mrs. Wooten 
she was strict, the perfect instructor for young Putin. Vladimir, just so that is clear, whom should we fear when we know dad is here? Daddy right here. Daddy right here. I don't play, boy. Over your dead body for my daughter posing playboy. We don't condone over-sexualization of the kids in the home. Battery in my back, this house of pain won't ever last. Sahad told me to my face. That sicko mode was his biggest song We're gone Cause Donna was the best ghostwriter I ever had South Park had jokes about this sticks To this day the whole team could kiss this dick I put Virgil and Drake on the same text And it wasn't about the matching Arc'teryx Or Kid Cudi dress Just told these grown men Stop it with the funny shit I might hire the whole team from ACG So don't text me like I'm Juanita JCV Or more important Monica Corgan Who was there for me Somebody really there for me was rare for me that was new air to breathe when i was underappreciated undervaluated stockholders told me boardrooms would bore you and remember going by your rules try to follow the lord's rules y'all we was the new abu dhabi told drake don't play with me on gd and he sent that message to everybody so if i hit you with a wyd you better hit me with yes sir i'm writing everything you need i told you i was gonna take the summer back so any other cap won't take none of that Where my motherfucking red hat Security and the nannies be forever handling I can't stand it when this talks of putting the kids Back in Sierra Canyon when daddy got his own school Trash mouth for these white people if you want Why we build a team to get Hoover out the joint I do what I want bro in my life Serve and protect long as it's my wife Screaming on MNs for trying to lower the percentage of scams See, I was going in back when they thought I was only making M's Now it's nine Billy, you ain't gotta like me, but you feel me Do y'all feel me? Really? Get off scot-free, I'm talking really Get off our knees, that's if you're with me Get off your knees, that's if you're with me Get off your knees and let's get free Get off your knees and let's get free Really, I mean really Really, I mean really I need release, I don't need police I'm like nigga police Y'all can't hear me 